Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show where every Friday we'll be covering another installment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Something to say. Geeks! Geeks! Geeks. Hello, welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of those sex parties in the woods has been Alexander Chard. It was a pleasure, my friend. (laughs) I noticed. And Evan Tavera. It was also my pleasure. Hmm. Did not notice. <laughs> if you're new to us, hello, welcome. Head on out to wearegeeks.com. We are geeks.com where you can listen to all of our previous podcasts. And if you really want to help us out, then you can go onto iTunes or your podcast subscriber or your Blackberry thing or whatever you're going to do it on. AOL, uh, they probably got us. Type in We Are Geeks, find us, subscribe to us, rate us. It helps us out a whole bunch. Because we don't do patrons, we don't do any banner ads, and we're not going to try and sell you any Halloween books. <laughs> well, you should, because you have one spare. <laughs> yeah, I might sell you one. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we made it to the end of another series. The Blair Witch Wrap-Up is what we're going to be talking about. For those of you who are new to us, in this episode, you can feel safe in the fact that we're going to talk about Blair Witch. But no, we're going to talk about all the films. If you don't want to listen to our extensive podcast on covering each one separately, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. But here you can get all the morsels in a more compact thing. We're going to go through all of the films again very briefly. We'd normally do a whole bunch of other stuff to do with like lists, but there's way less to do with Blair Witch because, mm. let's face it, we, we stretched this one out. We stretched this out by doing all of, like, Curse of Blair Witch, Burkittsville mm-hmm. 7, Shadow of the Blair Witch, Four Corners of Fear. They're not normal movies. It's hard to judge them as such, and it's certainly hard to, like, comprise the list. There's really only three mainline films, so it's... Yep. And, and they're difficult as well, because two-thirds of that are found footage. Very, very difficult. Very difficult. But, hey, this is mm-hmm. the ditch we dug in the woods for mm-hmm. ourselves, so yeah. here we are. Yes, we're going to, though, do some lists at the end. We'll place all the films in order in terms of how we each personally like them. And we're going to talk through a bunch of media. But we do encourage you, if you want to hear the proper stories, the full, you know, guide to how these movies were created and the ups and downs and listen to each of the independent episodes because, you know, we spend time doing it. So why not? And just uh, can you confirm, Al, will we be doing as part of our list, favorite corner? (laughs) (laughs) Will that be what it will definitely I uh, can there's things to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, at least Alex's favorite corner. Yeah. Things to also look forward to. The words DA Stern will be mentioned more than once. Yeah. And we guarantee at least one uses of the word betwixt. These are the weird geeks guarantees for this episode. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, so guys. Curse of the Blair Witch. That's where it all began. 1999. Me and Alex were alive. Heaven was not. I was two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of alive. <laughs> not cogent. When when does cogency engage? I'm not really sure. I was. When do babies start talking? 
probably around three days then, old. two, three, probably around them. Okay, so you're on the cusp of being able to appreciate cursed page. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, again, just just to quickly bring people up who are new to to us with this series. Yes. You and I, big lovers of the first film, but had you seen Curse of the Blair Witch before you saw the Blair Witch Project? I had, actually. Um, ooh, that's a good question. I can't remember if I... I think I said this in our podcast. I can't remember if I had seen this before. I feel like I had. I feel like it was released before the Blair Witch Project in Australia, and I had seen it. I had completely forgot about it until we did this podcast, so it was really, really great to revisit it. I think it, it adds so much to the the whole story and going into Blair Witch Project. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, so this had like um this is essentially a lot of cut scenes that were meant to be in the Blair Witch Project that before distribution and then even post distribution and different points they were like kept adding more to before they realized let's just get rid of it all. It doesn't really need to be there, which I think was definitely the right decision to go with. But instead it creates this yeah interesting 45 minutes, I think. Uh, interviewing different actual real people, but pretending that, yeah, the Blowish Project actually happened. And this aired on TV in America just a few days before the film came out and really added so much to the hype uh, of that helped the film explode and become one of the biggest films of all time. Uh, it gets a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Sorry, man. No, I was just going to say, something, and for something that's so low budget, the, the technical skill in this, I think, is uh, very much underappreciated. As far as like the different kind of styles that they they shoot and like the different kind of the footage from the seventies documentary, the nineteen forties footage of Rustin Parr, like it's yeah, it's real fun. It's real fun. Yeah, it's cra- It's actually it's crazy how much effort I think that they put into into uh, Curse of the Blood, mm-hmm. which has got such like yeah detail. And and I think we all agreed that. Even without the Blood Witch Project, it would still work. It wouldn't be certainly as powerful, but I think it's still like you know worth a watch even if the blow which hadn't come out yeah definitely i mean it was my first time doing this podcast watching curse of blair witch and i hadn't seen the blair witch or properly seen in years and years before watching curse and i think the groundwork they set up for the entirety of the blair witch cinematic universe like everyone has been saying it's really rich and it really draws you in and um i think in a few podcasts back alex had mentioned that uh, if he had found this on YouTube, then it would have totally mm-hmm. been um, like it would have been totally believable. And yeah, it's really yeah. I also definitely would have believed it if I'd never known what Blair Witch was before. And I think it's just really awesome. The detail they get into. So I didn't actually see it before the Blair Witch. But yeah, as we talked about in the podcast, I was one of those annoying people, which now apparently everybody was who was in America on holiday when. The Blair Witch Project came out and it was originally only in like 10 or 11 cinemas before it exploded the next week and it kept growing and growing. Um, and I went that very first weekend and and yeah, the clothes from all the characters or what we thought were the real people at that point were in the cinema, like the reels of film were in the cinema. And yes, like I hadn't seen Curse of Blair Witch, but I knew that that had aired. I had the Josh's mixed, you know, tape on CD. There was RAP on like everything. Went in to the Blair Witch Project 100% thinking it was a real movie and hoping it wasn't um, and having to wait till the end credits come up for you know the all of the stuff the legal stuff to assure me although it was too late for the lady sitting a few seats in front who had to be taken out in an ambulance for for having a panic attack or something uh, but I did bite through my thumb only two films have ever made me bite through my thumb um, until I was bleeding and this was one of them 
Yeah, Al, uh, budget. Al only has half a thumb now. Just so yeah. Yes. yes. Bit, it was worth it. Bit right through it. <laughs> Actually, he's only got half a thumb on both hands because, as you just said, only two times has it happened. Yeah. That w- yeah. And, uh, and they were the only two thumbs I had. <laughs> yeah. um, budgeted for $60,000. <laughs> you know what weirds me out? People who call thumbs fingers. What? Do people what do, do you- that? Yeah, yes. some people say you got five because yeah. Well, here's the thing: you got a hand, and you got five fingers. A thumb is a go finger. On, go four on, fingers and go on the oh, internet. This amazing it. thing called the internet, and look up a story about a man who, in like an accident in his workshop, ha- accidentally amputated his thumb, and so they 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 cut off his big toe and stitched no. it on. <laughs> yeah, look it up. It's for real. <laughs> I know. I don't want to. So now he has a big thumb. A big toe thumb. <laughs> Megan um, Fox has toe thumbs. Him. Or like that was how every um and things have worked out for her. So uh, uh, <laughs> that was how <laughs> what that wasn't facetious. That was genuine. True. Every DT is that what it is? DT DIT is that what their class was? What's woodwork class called? Different for each school, isn't it? Silence. Um, when I went to woodwork class, yeah, my my guy had, he had no thumb as well. I feel like every woodwork teacher has to be, miss be missing like one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. I was just googling it because I wanted to know. Just send you the image. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, I was just googling about thumbs and fingers because I could see Heaven's face. She is one of those people who would say we have five fingers. Says here a thumb is a digit, but not technically a finger. Many people brackets Heaven. That's what it says. Uh, don't make the distinction between thumbs and other digits. I'm going to get in a fist fight with whoever wrote that article. <laughs> you got four fingers and one thumb. The opposable thumb. That's what makes us different from many of the other animal species. Mm-hmm. <laughs> angry. She looks so disgruntled. Oh, I don't like this photo that you're showing me now. <laughs> the guy with the toe thumb. That's crazy. Anyway. Blair Witch Project. Budget. <laughs> How do we get from Blair Witch Project to toe thumbs? What the fuck is happening? $60,000, guys. Wow. Pittance. Made. Do you remember how much it made? 200. Uh, something like 100, 150, I was going to say. Heaven, no, heaven's on the right 250 lines. 250 million, right? Very close. 248 million. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well done. Well played. You get a Doesn't toe, you get a toe thumb is, thumbs up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would put my thumb, my big toe up as like a thumbs up right now, but I just don't think anyone deserves that at the moment. <laughs> well, we'll see how the episode goes. A lot of mo- a lot of money. The biggest independent movie of all time up until that point, until I believe Paranormal Activity beat it. Well, in terms of return, we all fucking love it. Um, we do. We all enjoyed this movie. Me and Alex, this was a very important movie to us in our histories, I believe, in, in horror and just film in mm-hmm. general. Heaven, though, you thought you'd seen this and then you kind of watched it and realized you c- kind of hadn't necessarily mm-hmm. seen all of it or you didn't remember it properly. Is that right? So this was almost like a first experience yeah. for you. This was definitely, I would say, like a first experience because like, I think I watched, when I said I had seen it, I think I watched like the first 15 minutes maybe. Like I don't think I had properly watched it but this honestly this has definitely become one of my favorite movies (laughs) like i thought blair witch blair witch might make a horror fan out of me yet still and no i really i really really enjoyed it especially curse and going into blair witch and have been recommending to all of my friends to watch it and wanting 
them to watch it so I could uh, use all this Blair Witch knowledge I have. I've already seen it. Exactly. <laughs> Never mind. I only have two friends, <laughs> Al and Alex. And they're secretly the same person. Shh. The listeners don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's why we Sorry. never talk at the same time. <laughs> we should we should bring in an Alexander as well, so we just have the three iterations of our name. <laughs> yeah. We're all the same. Uh, when you say it might make a horror fan of you, does it make you want to watch other horror films or does it make you want to watch found footage films? It makes me want to watch other horror films. I have seen other like found footage film, you know. I think my first experience with found footage film was the original Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, when I was, I think it was like 10 when I watched it, it was really jarring, but after oh watching, it was really jarring. I did not like it. Now you're just showing off. <laughs> 10. <laughs> I'm sorry. When? <laughs> but I think Blair Witch has kind of ruined found footage for me, actually. The original Blair Witch has ruined like other found footage films, unless there's like a really amazing one someone could recommend. Because just the way they did it, you know, uh, we discussed in the first episode how all of the actors who were filming, like the Josh and the um, Mike, were uh, actually using the cameras and had to learn how to do it and do it themselves. So it's just like, I made me a fan of horror, maybe, possibly. And I think I can no longer be a fan of other found footage. I'd love well, to watch got- some more found footage with you, for sure. See what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will at the end of this um, podcast. I will. I have a list actually because found footage used to be a massive part of my life, and I tried to watch all of it. I've slipped off recently, wow. so my list will not be comprehensive. But I definitely have some recommendations. Um, yeah, I was trying to do a site for for about four years, heaven, where I was watching every single found footage movie and ranking them all, and then separating them because loads of them have nearly the same name or the same cover, and it's mm. really confusing. Nice. And ninety nine percent of them are shit. But still, some even bad ones are still effective because it just taps into a primal, like primal, like part of you, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just like you feel like you're in this situation. Yeah. But yeah, Blair Witch is definitely unique in that it it shows. You know, there are a few from the early days, but nowadays you have to show more. And we'll get to this at the end of the podcast as well. Like, what do we want from a new one? And I don't know if you could ever go back to this. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing is shown in this movie. Like nothing. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's pretty impressive. Okay. Alex, do you have anything you want to say or move on? Yeah, no, this film for me, yeah, had such a huge impact. You know, I was not a hu- huge, hugely into horror. I mean, as a teenager, I guess, you know, you go and see slasher films with your friends. And so, I definitely saw a lot of those kind of mid-90s, uh, early 2000s slashers, of which we've covered a few. Um, but was never super attached to the genre. But this film, I was always... Yeah, was always at the top of my list of, of just films in general. And it wasn't until, you know, since I've become friends with you, Al, and uh, watching horror films with you that I have started becoming more invested in the genre itself. But this still just holds such a high place for me. I love it. Yeah, same for me. Like, it, it's it's my, I always say it with some shame because it's such a big one, such an obvious one. And lots of people now obviously hate it because that's what happens when something gets too big. But it's my favorite horror film. But it's my favorite horror experience. Is I guess what yeah. I should say. Mm. Like I've I've never had it. But I you know again going into it even thinking that it's remotely real is an experience I I'll never get to recreate again in this you know savvy and very what's the word fuck connected words have gone <laughs> no no like uh, not conceited um we're very like uh, suspicious of everything you know nowadays like, oh and like mm. cynical. 
Yes, thank you. Sorry, for some reason the word cynical is gone. Which I wish the word cynical was gone. So appropriate. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you just can't recreate what happened. It was the perfect time, as we talked about in the podcast. You know, the web was just really kicking into gear. It used it perfectly. To, and it was at a point you could spread the message but not really contradict the message mm. that, whereas now the internet is all about contradicting the message so yeah very special movie 6.5 out of 10 gets the same on imdb as curse of the blair witch uh then the burkittsville 7 well the next year we had the burkittsville 7 shadow of the blair witch and book of shadows blair witch 2 so the burkittsville 7 and shadow blair witch were done similar things to curse of the blair witch I have since heard from people who know the director of these that he was definitely frustrated with how these... T- Actually, was it these or Book of Shadows? I think it was these. He was yeah frustrated with how these turned out and because it was like a massive rush and quite a lot of interference with them. I liked the book. It's for seven. I thought it was fine. I mean, to be clear, I think these are both very solid attempts to make faux documentaries. I think they do their job fine. The problem was Curse of the Blair Witch was so good and the information in these is so really just unnecessary particularly in shadow of the blair witch yeah that i just don't really see the point in either of these but if you want to i guess the book is for seven is the one i'd recommend um even though it contradicts some of the stuff in the, in the actual blair witch project mm-hmm. it does contradict yeah. slightly it still feels in some ways yeah like a more uh, genuine continuation of Curse and Blair Witch Project. I mean, they even bring back the town historian, which I really like. Um, oh, yeah. You know, but the fact that they do really work the angle of, um, oh my God, I've already blanked on his name. The kid that Rustin Parr um, kidnapped. Kyle. Kyle Brody. Yeah. Yeah. Good with numbers and names. Yeah, like that they, that they work that angle. I thought it was a bit interesting. I mean, it was interesting, but then there's no payoff for that in the the actual film. Yeah. 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 It seems like, oh, cool. They're going to do something interesting in Book of Shadows about this. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing so to no, do with it at all. No payoff. And then, I mean, the, the Shadow of the Blair Witch is, yeah. I like, I again, I, can't, I, I can appreciate the angle about, you know, that they're saying that Shadow of Blair Witch is going to be... A uh, Book of Shadows is is a film based on this actual incident and his characters from the actual incident, blah blah blah. And it's like an interesting angle, but then you have the the complimentary book that came out, which then uses the actors from the like. It becomes a bit of a mess, and it just becomes like, yeah, just not nowhere near as well thought out. Not mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, it contradicts it. It's it's really really frustrating, and even more when we actually get to the movie uh but before we move on from that i do want to say like imdb 6.7 out of 10 for the book it's phil seven spoilers the highest rated blair witch movie on imdb Um, wow wait then (laughs) really yep um and then shadow of the blair witch gets a 5.3 uh out of 10 on imdb but yeah following on from those because they do like book of shadows blair witch 2 Budgeted at fifteen million, made forty-seven million in the box office. So not what they were hoping for, but still, they're good. It's fine. I do have to yeah, say, yeah, they do it oh. in the film, don't they? They have. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was just yeah, saying they do it in the film, but they have the actors. But like, they have like some found footage at the beginning, but the actors are being in the found footage, and then the actors. Uh, but then they show that they're actually doing it to like recreate the events of what's meant to. It's so 
stupidly put together. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, we'll just get other actors to play the real people in the found footage and then have the... Like, it's, oh. And again, oh, like the, the, the seed of this idea was that it was meant to play on the hysteria that the first film created, right? And the impact it had on the actual people of Burkittsville, which is really cool. But it was just like so rushed and so clearly a money grab at this point that any kind of bit of it that is potentially good is 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 not. <laughs> what were you going to say, Evan? I was going to say, I mean, for Burkittsville, it did, like you guys were saying, really fall in the same kind of vein as Curse of Blair Witch in The Blair Witch. And I found myself actually honestly disturbed sometimes by some of the imagery and some of the things in Burkittsville 7, though it was kind of a lot of unnecessary information for the payoff that we thought we would receive in Shadow of the Blair Witch or Puck of Shadows. I'm getting them confused. Um, those All two. The shadows. <laughs> the shadow movies. But it's interesting how like, I'm still amazed by how much they deepen and get into the lore for this kind of like strange little found footage film. We've discussed that previously with Curse, you know, how like what's so amazing about the cinematic universe for Blair Witch is just the amount of depth they put into their mythology and how even though Burkittsville was contradictory and some of the mythology it decided to expand on, it was still so much detail for what the Blair Witch is. No, completely. Yeah. But it's just but it's just not whether it's time it was just know, not studio pressure, whatever, it just it's they're not necessary stories to tell, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the detailing doesn't really work out. Um, but it's still fine. Like, again, I think the Burkittsville 7 is very close to being as good as Curse of the Blair Witch. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's not... There. It's yeah. irrelevant, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and Book of Shadows is... Obviously, it's kind of legendary in... Or infamous, I should say, in the horror community. is one of the worst horror films of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets a 3.9 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a really bad movie, but this is the thing. It's such like, I'd only seen it at one time in cinemas. I don't think I'd seen it again until we did it for this podcast. <laughs> and I had a really good time watching it with you guys, even though like it's trash. I could go, I'll be honest, I can't remember because it's been a few weeks, obviously. I can't remember what my summarization is at the end of the film and how much I liked it. But thinking back on it now, I'm like, yeah, I could watch that piece of trash again. Like mm. it's, it's just got enough money and just enough like, like the characters are all so stupid but not quite annoying if you know what i mean like i'm not like <clears throat> i don't know like it's just bad enough yeah to almost be fun <laughs> if you're in the right mood although there's no fucking book of shadows <laughs> anywhere in the movie that's true the only mention of book of shadows is the film that he's writing isn't it mm-hmm. but is that yeah. in the film or do we find that out in the documentary I think in a documentary. Oh, in the documentary. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Book yeah, of Shadows right. weren't even mentioned. They even say the term Book of Shadows once. Yeah. In the play. It's so stupid. I was still scared yeah. though. And I hate that, but I was. You really you were. were. Like honestly, the bits in this film that I think are disgraceful are this terrible sort of ring moments where they have sort of backwards walking oh god she's the worst and it's so bad so ineffective and heaven is (laughs) jumping and on edge i don't like the backwards walking i just don't i wasn't it's scary okay just because you're desensitized out whatever no it's it can be scary i'm desensitized (laughs) but like when you see it 
you know, even just in the Ring remake, it's still like it can be it can be effective and cool. This just looks so stupid. Like so fucking stupid. Yeah, I was really excited going back to this film. <laughs> I think because you know, I couldn't I, I have no idea when I saw it last. I'm sure I mean, I saw it in the cinema obviously when it came out and I may have watched it once or twice after that. But had just a few sort of recollections of moments but knew that it was kind of trashy and and very bad but i was very excited going into it sort of to see what heaven uh, heaven would think <laughs> and and yeah to watch it and experience together i think is yeah like you said i think it's it's probably just a goofy party film you can put on and sort of enjoy with friends and appreciate it's it's very strange choices <laughs> very strange sex parties <laughs> yeah it's such a weird movie it was nice seeing my ex-girlfriend in the movie though like good for her you know <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah was it at this point that we had realized that you were tattooed with the the wiccan or whatever language no, it is runes it was the podcast was following it was when we were recording oh, yeah really? We realized. Yeah. Do you, mid-podcast. Like, if you, honestly, yeah. one of the best moments we've ever captured live on a podcast. And I can't remember which episode. You just go back and listen to all of them. Mm. Somewhere in the middle, yeah. in the meat of it, is the moment where Heaven realizes she's tattooed with some of the runes that are on the walls <laughs> in Rustin Parr's house. <laughs> and she didn't even know it. Oh. Ah, fantastic. Four Corners of Fear, 13 years later, the one that most people don't know exists even from the original, <laughs> well, one of the original directors, um, including Josh and Mike returning to the film and some dude who's pretending to be Tom Cruise in the most unlikely fucking event ever. Uh, it gets a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. I showed this to you guys without telling you what it was, and I kind of hyped it up to be a spooky one, so that heaven was going to be super, super tense. <laughs> and then the gradual realization where you both play, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> of this, this absolute spinal tap version of Blair Witch, where they're completely taking the piss out of themselves, which really came off the back of the original directors trying to get the third one made, which they've been trying to do for a Right since the beginning, they originally wanted to do a version, well, a prequel that was basically would have been The Witch, mm. um, like that movie. Uh, then they were developing something else with uh, Lionsgate. Yeah, and it fell apart. So presumably, out of frustration, they went and made Four Corners of Fear. However, it was a lot of a lot of it was Mike's idea. Uh, this was his sort of inception, and it's it's just crazy stupid. I don't know. I edited it down. It's a web series. Technically, it's like thirteen episodes or something like that. Each one is only a few minutes long. I edited them into one piece so you can watch it as a movie. If anyone likes the link, go to weegeeks.com, email <laughs> me, or find me online. But it's it's brilliant. I don't know. I, I'm yeah, this thing, I don't know if it should be as long as it is, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, there's some real there's some real wonderful moments in here. It's definitely it's definitely, in my opinion, drags out the joke for maybe longer than necessary. <laughs> But there are some, yeah, wonderful moments. I mean, my favorite moment, I think, is when they make make Josh climb the tree um, <laughs> on a ladder and tell him they'll just CGI at the ladder later just to look like he's climbing. And then to scream out for Mike, but because there's neighbors around, just to, to, to like basically <laughs> keep it low and they'll ADR the sound later as well. Those bits are really funny. 
Damn. I think my favorite bit is when fake Tom Cruise gets a piggyback from Mike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he just looks so happy. <laughs> or when you get like that pan, that pan out from top down and Tom Cruise is just naked. <laughs> the Shivering. Just in the fetal position. <laughs> that was also one of my favorite moments. Or when the, the guy shit himself in the alien suit. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was prime time. That was oh. Eduardo himself. Yeah. Oh, shit. But then say that the alien suit, the alien suit, you know, and the alien theory has oh. become a circulating theory uh, amongst Blair Witch fans and, and certainly one that uh, you, Al, thought was um, part of the next film. Yeah. 2016, Blair Witch, directed by Adam Wingard. Oof. A director who lots of people love in the horror community. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. And I do think he has a certain flavor to his films. I'm not a fan of that flavor. I think his casting is always off. This is probably my favorite Adam Wingard film, which I think most people is their least favorite Adam Wingard film. Budget of $5 million, made $45 million. Gets a 5 out of 10 on IMDb. I do like this movie. Like, I think this is an entertaining movie. I don't think it's a terrible way to update. I think it's going to make people grumpy. <laughs> who were there for the original because sure you're doing everything you this is definitely a movie you never for one second think that they're real people and they're going to show you yeah. quite a lot like they're going to really just amp mm-hmm. it up for modern audiences and, and you are yeah you're fucking up what was so special about the original which is how sort of low-key it was and in how i played things however i don't know if it's the wrong impetus to go big and i do think they, he does a decent job of it here not all of it works for me particularly just the actual characters <laughs> like they're not great but the scares i think are good there's like two really good spooky scenes which the main one culminating at the end going through the house and i kind of like all the crazy shit like they throw in the idea of time travel yeah um, which is embedded in some of the documents from the early films uh whether accidentally or not who knows and yes they definitely throw in the the, the <coughs> fragment of the idea of aliens in some way which Again, as a Blair Witch Project fan, pisses me off. But as a, well, this is just a crazy batshit movie. Yeah, fucking go for it. Let's go insane, you know? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I was really, I think, no matter how I feel about like, I was the most scared watching the 2016 version. Yeah, they really amped up the scares. And I think, you know, coming from, like, this generation, like, I understand why they did it. Because, you know, honestly, I think if I were to show... Some of my friends, as much as I want them to watch the original Blair Witch, I think that a lot of them would be like, nothing is happening. But with the 2016, it does appeal to that, like, because we have access to so much online. And I mean, even we have access to a lot of really horrific stuff online. So to like, in order to recreate that same feeling of things we could find on our laptop, like you really have to go big with the movies and the things you are willing to show in the theater I don't know. I don't know why I'm acting like I'm someone who's like not going to get scared. I was scared the first like five minutes of the movie. <laughs> Damn. You were really, really tense. Yeah, that movie. was a stressful movie um, to get through. Out of this, is the problem out of this whole film, how much do you think you actually saw? Because there was a <laughs> lot of um, oh, face covering. You know. We had to rewind for some bits. Oh, I, I, I'd like to not. Can we have the next question, please? <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the woods? <laughs> they were in the woods, and there was a um, tent. Yep, mm-hmm. confirmed. Exactly. She saw the movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, I do think. Yeah, I do think it's an interesting, and this is for another time potentially, but an interesting debate just to do with. I can totally appreciate 
this is the scarier movie in terms of it's more entertaining. You know, it's like everything's louder, yeah. everything's bigger. <clears throat> and I don't want to generalize, you know, younger generations because I'm sure my generation had that from, you know, my parents and so on in terms of each generation just needs more entertainment and more distraction and has less patience for things and less time for subtlety. Um, I don't really adhere to that. Like I'm not, I, I prefer my films to not be like roller coasters. I prefer to not be treated like a child essentially of like here's lots of colors here's lots of shiny mm. things here's lots of loud noises be entertained and i think that's a problem that i have with a lot of in particular you know, not to be generalistic about it but in particular mm -hmm. american movies it is that a lot of times it's like distract people but you can't deny that it you know that it works you know you can't deny that this movie is definitely yes there's a lot more of a scare quota here well does it stick with me in the same way no like the Blair Witch Project yeah crawls under my skin gradually yeah and uh, those last moments which are really the only truly scary bits in the film they they live with me for a long time mm -hmm. whereas Blair Witch itself yeah the, there's a lot more scares but they certainly I won't be thinking about them in 10 years time and that is mm. I agree for sure, because I mean, when I have been suggesting, I don't suggest the 2016, I just suggest Curse and the original Blair Witch. And yeah, it is, it is definitely like, you know, you could sense it. I mean, I very much like I went through the entirety in the series and like what was able to make the direct comparisons for the first time doing this podcast. And it's interesting to, to really see the kind of like, how subtle and nuanced I feel like the first film is and how in that way it does, it really does stick with you long-term and I don't want to go into the woods still. Um, but 2016, like, yeah, I was rocked. Like my shit got rocked that night and I did not have a fun time driving home. But in the long, yeah, like you said, <laughs> like in the long-term I've been thinking, and when I talk about Blair Witch, I think of the first two films, not Book of Shadows, like Curse and Regular One. <laughs> Had to make that <laughs> distinction. Oh, we know. You think of Book of Shadows. <laughs> Book of Shadows. Recommend. I um, just thinking about that redhead. Oh, yeah, I didn't. What a queen. When this first came out and we went and saw it at the cinema, I came out of it a little flat and disappointed. I didn't enjoy it so much. I felt that, you know, maybe my attachment to the first one was still sort of too strong and resonant in me. And I felt that this, particularly in those first kind of opening 20 minutes was like very deliberately like setting it up with the same beats and I just felt kind of tired of that of just like okay well you know just give me something completely new rather than kind of tread similar ground but going back and watching it now and I guess having dived into the mythology and the lore of the series and really gone through it with the fine tooth comb it made me appreciate this film much more I think um, I appreciated the sort of bold choices and newer directions that the directors and writers were taking it on, the director and the writer were taking it on, uh, that still felt very connected to the, the mythology. You know, you can easily tie it back to things that have happened and think, okay, well, yeah, there were clues that this kind of stuff was happening. Yes, it is a more contemporary film in that it ramps up the dial. It shows you more, it gives you more, it like gives you very deliberate scares and some of those things are really really cool but a lot of it for me the the main issue for me is that yeah it it it's very glossy it's very mm. hollywood it's cast in that way so it that removes the kind of grittiness and realness of the the original because i think this could still be like you could still have this story but really kind of 
dirty it up if you, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like cast people that that don't look like models and yeah. Also, like the the big difference is that they very admittedly were worried about making it you know really scary, and so Adam Wingard and the cinematographer talked every scene through my into the minute detail they weren't wanted to orchestrate everything yeah. perfectly and that's the exact opposite of the Blair Witch project where they were basically wrangling just live chickens you know it was yeah, just like yeah. random shit happened and they had to edit it right pick the right moments you know and it's a very different style of directing as mm. it were and for me it's, it boils down to if the if Blair Witch was the only Blair Witch film I would really like it um and I would say it's one of the best found footage movies ever made and I think it is, but it would not be on my list in any way of the best horror movies ever made. And there's a very big gap between the Blair Witch Project, which is on my list of the best horror movies ever made, and then most of the best found footage movies ever made. You know, I don't yeah. know for me if there's anything that could be up there that's, that is found footage that would be in my list of the best horror movies ever made. You know, so yes, uh, those are the movies we talked about them, <laughs> guys. I like to play the Ron Tomatoes game. We only have three games to play, three titles to play it with. So, Heaven, it's very, very simple. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell you the uh, the critic score for these films. You have to guess: is the audience score going to be higher or lower? Okay. It's very simple. You understand the rules? Yes. I, She's got I it. I think. All right. <laughs> the original, The Blair Witch Project from 1999. I already said it gets a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, but guys, the critics loved it 87 percent is what they love it now don't forget that the audience votes for imdb that's what that score is reflecting mm-hmm. so what are the audience of rotten tomatoes saying 87 percent for the critics what did the audience give it higher so you can go higher or i'm i'm saying lower definitely lower definitely lower okay do you want to hazard a guess because you'll get one point just for being right with that and you'll get like another point if you're within five percent i say the audience score is 67 percent. 67 from alex higher and it's gonna it's gonna be lower but it's gonna be like 78 <laughs> percent <laughs> contradictory information um i was lower than the 87 yeah. yeah uh both incorrect the audience and rotten tomatoes only give the original blow Witch 56 percent damn Ooh. for shame on you guys for shame uh, you people fucking get really grumpy with that movie yeah i guess i'd yeah, be mad I if i took if my grandma to see to a snuff podcast. film damn <laughs> <laughs> i mean we told similar stories alex but yeah the first well second time i saw it when it when it came out in england six months later this dude just stands up and just goes wasn't scary exorcist was spookier <laughs> walks up <laughs> Uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2 from the year 2000, when everything was going to blow up. Uh, it gets a 3.9, 3.9 out of 10 on the IMDb. Do the critics like it more? Mm, no. Critics of Rotten Tomatoes gave it 14%. <laughs> but what did the audience think, Rotten Tomatoes? Higher or lower? Higher. Than 14%. I think the audience gave it higher than 14%. I'm going to say I think the audience gave it 22%. 22, 22 from heaven. Yeah, for me, I think it's going to be really, really close either way, like one or two points different. I'm going to say audience a lower oh, 13%. 13%. Hang on, I'm just doing some math in my head. <laughs> well, it was actually higher. Well done, heaven. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. And it got an 18%. Oh, close. Which technically Alex is still within 5% of. Me too. Wait. Yeah, me too. But Heaven gets two points because you were. Thanks. So at the moment, Heaven's on three. Alex is on two. Last chance, guys, to send shit. Blair Witch 2016, five out of 10 on IMDb, right down the middle. Critics give it a 37%. Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. They did not like that movie. 37%. But what did the general public think? Higher with 67. No, 63. Higher with 63%. I know. 67 was crazy. 63. What was the the critics again? 37? 37. I'm going to say higher as well, but I'm only going to go 44%. I'm going to say higher as well, but I'm going to go 55. You already did it. You already did. <laughs> no, no. First answer well, only. I'm afraid you're both wrong. It's actually lower. The audience gave it 31%. Oh. Damn. Damn. Blair Witch is not, not a beloved film, which means, Heaven, you won that round. Congratulations. Congratulations, Thank Heaven. you. Thank you very much. You won the Rotten Tomatoes. So we should say there is actually one other movie, guys, that we didn't cover. Um, it's not really a movie. It's a documentary. I cannot find this fucker anywhere it's actually by russ gom who wrote this great book for arrow video to, that has many great facts stuffed into it we'll get to that in a second it's called the woods movie uh it came out in 2015 and it's all about the making of it's basically like the documentary version of his book um which he would do later i knew some people who saw it at the glasgow fright fest in the uk i've heard some good things about it it's apparently not you know the it's not the it's not an incredible documentary but i've heard some positive stuff about it i would love to watch it i Mm -hmm. cannot find it anywhere i've looked on everywhere i can think of googling it you don't even find much about it because the problem is blair witch was originally called the woods (laughs) so and there's a lot of other things called the woods with movies so it's really hard to find (laughs) it and i can't even find it on any torrent site or anything like that because like look i would happily pay for this but if it's not available then i just want to check it out for this podcast um, if anybody does know where we can see the Woods movie by Roscom, please do let us know. Books, though. Woo! There are a lot of books, and we've talked extensively about them as we went through the individual episodes, so check those out. But just a few of them, and there are, I believe, a couple of other ones um, that I've now since discovered, including a weird illustrated book from one of the children and all this stuff. But D.A. Stern, he released the Blair Witch <laughs> Project, a dossier, one of Alex's favorite books of all time. Love it. <laughs> Love it. The only worthwhile book in this whole goddamn universe true you read that bad boy cover to cover and it does help us out when we did the blowage project uh, review and curse of blowage so do check that mm-hmm. out it's really great though. it's a very comprehensive lots of great expanded on page documentary stuff and it's great he also did the same thing the next year for blowage book of shadows awful not one of alex's favorite <laughs> <laughs> breezed through that and that's that's being polite yeah, again, this is the big contradiction with this book was that Shadow of the Blair Witch documentary pitches the movie as being a movie adaptation of a real-life event. And that documentary has the supposedly real-life characters and footage of them going to trial alongside with clips from the movie that is an adaptation of those events. This book, which is supposedly like the first book, meant to be a curated version of all the information and investigative uh, documents has pictures of the actors as the real people. (laughs) Cover blown. (laughs) Awful. No one, how did no one think about this stuff? It's just insane. And I mean, two Mm -hmm. of the photos look like the actors' headshots. 
So it's just like, damn. And it's D.A. Stern, this man. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, the way he put together that first dossier, I mean, that is real investigative journalist stuff. Not so with Blair <laughs> And it's just called Blair Witch Book of Shadows as well. It doesn't even have like a dossier in it. He also did something called Blair Witch, The Secret Confession of Rustin Park. I loved that one. Uh, this is like That one was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, you found some good morsels in that. Yeah. I liked the love Priest story. Priest having an affair. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some there's some sex going on. There's some drama. Yeah. There's murder. What else would you want from a novel? But that's more of like it's like a first person sort of diary novel sort of weird thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There is a series of young adult novels called The Blair Witch Files. I bought two of them. Tried to read them. Couldn't do it. And they're <laughs> so also by D. A. Stern, aren't they? No, they're by Cade Merrill. I think yeah. I think that person wrote all of them. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if it's a male or a female, to be honest. There's at least eight of them, and there might be more. But they are, to be honest, if, I mean, if, you're, if you are a young adult and you like Blair Witch, maybe check them out. Because they actually center on a character who's uh, the cousin to Heather, who then goes looking for them all. So it is, you know, canon, <laughs> I say, with a question mark, because I don't really know what is and isn't canon in this entire weird multiverse. Is that also um, when you bring in time travel? the daughter of the Blair Witch? Is that also one of the young adult novels? There's a whole bit about her, yes. Uh, that's one of the best ones, um, The Witch's Daughter. Or Witch's it's Daughter. Called. But I think it's still from the perspective of the cousin learning this stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Then there's some ones about the actual film, how they made it. The Blow Witch Project Through Devil's Advocates uh, by Peter Turner. That came out in 2015. It's pretty decent. But yeah, the aforementioned The Blow Witch Project by Russell Gom from Our Road Video came out in 2018. And it's, in my opinion, by far the most concise and excellent uh, article about how they made that movie. It's very cool. Uh, there was also soundtracks that came out. Josh's mix had some... <laughs> I've heard people hate this mix. I think I just really enjoyed it at the time because I listened to it quite a lot. But it's got some Bauhaus on there. Yep. What do you want? There you go. As well as an enhanced CD. You remember those, Alex? What? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you to be excited when you buy a CD. Yeah. Do we need us to explain what a CD is? Do you have I'm asking good? what an enhanced CD is. I know what a CD is. <laughs> I make mixtapes. I know. It's one, it's one that's been taking poppers. An enhanced CD. You used to be excited to get it because you could put it in your PC. Yeah. And then it would open up a little file that was probably 25 kilobytes. Because that's yeah. all it can handle. Yeah. And it, and you'd get a little bit of little video stream and terrible low res yeah. videos. Oh. Yeah. Music videos, band stuff, whatever. Or maybe a hyperlink to the band's official <laughs> website. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one, I remember it. I remember it simply. You had a scene that was not in the Blair Witch Project was on this. Wasn't worth it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a tiny cut bit. Uh, toys. We talked about them in the episode as well. Tom McFarlane made a Blair Witch figure. So if you want to know what she actually looks like, you can have that disappointment by looking at his toy, which to be fair looks really cool, mm-hmm. but I don't really want to know what she looks like. Um, and yeah. this was meant to be from actual designs that they had or something like that. So, I mean, I but I pretend it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for his movie maniacs line there is a variant version with a veil also alex the last couple of podcasts we did i can't find it so i can't give it to you i've had it for weeks and weeks and weeks <laughs> and i was gonna give it to you on the actual podcast which would only have been a few in johnny lightning and racing champions made a beautiful little blair witch toy toy van <laughs> the one that they all drive what? around in what and it's like a little just tiny little hot wheels thing i found one unopened on ebay what? 
and bought it as a present for you that I was going to give to you on the podcast. Don't know where the fuck it is. It's somewhere in my house. Damn. <laughs> I can't wait for the hunt. day you find it. It is delightful. And for me, I think it's better than the figure to have a little Blair Witch too. It's got like, what's it, you know, like the Blair Witch hunt thing, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it's got that on it. I love cool. it. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no a one ever talks about that. Oh, oh, you found it? I found a picture of it. Yeah, that's the guy. Oh, my <laughs> oh that's God. Cool. There it is. Enjoy. Please enjoy responsibly. Uh, now, the two big things comics now a lot of the time when we get to comics in these wrap-ups alex as you well know there aren't really many if any out there no other than hellraiser which has a fucking shit ton mm. hellraiser's got so many comics this one has quite a lot you got six issues uh there was an origin issue that came out and they started coming out actually when the original film came out that has two small anthology kind of stories in it and then there was a four issue thing called chronicles and then there was a thing called Dark Testaments, which came out just before the second movie. So the origin story and the Four Chronicles are all collected now in a, well, for quite a while, in a graphic novel. Cool. Um, which has everything, basically, other than the Dark Testaments one. That one was actually printed in color. It's actually really beautiful. It's from the guy uh, who you'd know him. I've forgotten his name, Alex, but he's the guy who ended up illustrating almost all of The Walking Dead. Ah, uh, yeah. I can't remember his name. <clears throat> and it was... It was an early one from him. It definitely looks like his formative style, but yeah, in color, which is rare because I'm used to seeing his work in black and white because mm-hmm. Walking Dead. There's a great thing at the back of the Blair Witch Chronicles graphic novel, which I'm just going to hold up for you guys here, where it's advertising the young adult novels. Um, how can I get this to the camera? You see? Advertise, advertising for the young adult novels. The Witch's Daughter, The Dark Room, and then you get the bottom down here where it says... Win a trip to the set of Blair Witch 3! Exclamation mark. What? Experience the horror of Blair Witch 3 up close. Tell us about your brush with the supernatural in 150 words or less and enter to win an all-expense-paid trip to the set of Blair Witch 3. For official rules and regulations, go to randomhouse.com slash features slash Blair Witch. Is that as in for the 2016 Blair Witch or this is the... Nope. This was printed in 2000. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So they I were that it. confident Blair Witch Book of Shadow is going to do gangbusters and we're going to be fast-tracking to Blair Witch 3. Hey, I'm just going back and looking at uh, the Todd McFarlane designs of the Blair Witch and the toys. And it's actually interesting how kind of thematically and, and visually it's sort of similar to what they end up kind of doing in Blair, Blair Witch. Witch with the with the Twig people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, they probably did have designs. I just don't know if I want to see them. And what I do kind of like in Blair Witch is that they kind of confirmed you don't actually ever see the Blair Witch still. Yeah. <clears throat> and these figures are what her people are becoming, basically, the people she's taking. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. of them are becoming this as her sort of minions. And we'll get to that a bit more in the video game. Um, but I do quickly, because I read all of these, so we're going to fucking talk about them for a minute. Mm-hmm. There's in the Origin comic book, again, there are three shorts in here. We've got Ellie Kedwood's Curse. Now, here's the thing. There's actually some interesting inf- information in this first one. Because this is the origin. This is basically like the truncated version of what they might have done if they had made that third movie as a prequel. And I'm going to tell you what. The very first paragraph... It's actually pretty good. The drawings are okay. And it's very short. And it's written much better than I thought. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Listen to this first paragraph. Because it puts some extra twists it's on the canon of everything quite quickly. This is written from Ellie Kedward's perspective. Okay. My great aunt saw that the curse was mine and taught me all the wards she had learnt, though it would not be enough. 
It beats at me and when I dare not let it in, it takes what's mine. So immediately, hmm. she is cursed. Hmm. Like Ellie Kedwood has been cursed through something that her great aunt like knew was in her from birth. Second paragraph, seven babies lost to me before birthing. One husband gone to terrible sickness and another dead on the battlefields of Spain. Interesting. So that magic number seven that comes up many times. Yeah, that's because she had seven miscarriages, basically, because of this curse. Which really twists a whole bunch of everything that's happened in all of the Blair Witch films. And then it goes through and it really paints her as this victim. She kind of moves to what is Blair at that point before it becomes Burkittsville. She just keeps to herself. She's like trying not to upset anybody. And then when the people, when the the, ten, the men come back uh, from the war, yeah, she's saying like they're, everyone's different. Everybody's like been damaged. And then we only get one pretty bad sentence of explaining about them blaming her for, you know, bleeding out these kids that went missing. But she says, I imagine their story started as an explanation for being out so late at night. So basically, she like this is definitely like assert- asserting that she had nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. and something happened. I don't know why kids would be, be being bled out, and then no one would talk about it. It's very, mm. but yeah. And then she basically keeps her mouth shut because she knows if she opens her mouth and fights back, the curse is going to come up in her, and she's trying not to hurt anybody. Wow. So she lets them do all this stuff to her. Damn. There's a terrible beating scene where she can see her own ribs like come out from her shirt because they get like beaten so hard. Then she's dragged out into the woods. They show an image in this one of her being tied to a tree, not the wheelbarrow, not anything else, definitely the tree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they start calling her a witch. And there's this lovely bit in it when she's like, I, it never even occurred to me that I could be a witch. You know, she just thought that she was cursed. That's really cool. Yeah. And then it kind of leaves it at the point where she's disappeared. And she's basically given herself over to it and decided, fuck it. I'm going to let this curse consume me. Mm. Um, but it's actually decent. It's cool. Uh, then there's one about these priests who get sent out there. It's not very good. The art is pretty terrible. Whatever. Then there's one that I quite like. Set in 1886. And this one is about... What's the name of the girl who goes missing? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, the girl. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've already gone yeah. blank on all these. Damn, I've forgotten all these names. I'm sorry. Yeah, it shows her and it, uh, being enticed out by this witch. It's actually very atmospheric. It's it's a little short. And then she's the one who murders all of the search party for her and puts them on Coffin Rock. So it actually shows her uh, having a conversation with the witch in her head. We see the witch in silhouette only. And she's all, and it's really quite dark. She's all like, they find her naked and she's talking to the witch in her head. And then the witch guides her through basically disemboweling them while they're still alive. And but stuff. how does the what? little girl Eileen men to like, how does she kill these grown men though? Or did the witch do it? So, sorry. I, I wanted to know. Uh, no, I mean, they kind of skip over that, to be honest. She, like, raises one of the stick men to them, and then they are all, like, upset, and then they start, like, oh, my God, like, the witch has got to her. Um, and then they kind of cut to her, having tied them up, and they're naked on the rock. So well, it's funny that. that that angle, because they try and use the Eileen Treacle ghost in Book of Shadows. Yes, that's true. That's true. So here they definitely paint that she did it but under the power of the witch. And then she goes back and no one obviously thinks that she would have done it because she's this little girl. There's one called The Offering, which isn't that great. It's got bad art as well, I think, from the same guy. It's the other one I didn't like. Then there's one actually about Rustin Parr. Um, And they paint him as a victim as well. They're really painting it 
<clears throat> all these people. It's to do with him and uh, his brother and uh, a friend, I think it is. I was a little confused. Um, but about the voices in his head. And then really you see all of the stuff going on where he takes the kids down there and like murdering them and then choosing what's his face to be the one who survives and all this stuff. Um, it was fine. What's interesting is, is midway through this, you then get a letter going for that D.A. Stern's vibe. And this is what it says at the top. While the other stories in this anthology are based either on the comics of C.C. Malvey or historical facts cobbled with eyewitness accounts, the following tale was put together after Oni Press received the following letter. We dispatched an independent interviewer to talk to the Kearney family to gather the rest of the facts. Those shaken by his experience, he did return convinced that even if the Kearney's tale was not factual, they truly believed they had encountered the spirit of Ellie Kedwood. Mm. And then you get this bullshit letter that <laughs> was meant to be sent. And then, yeah, the story done. And it's right. It's fine. But I just thought it was really interesting. They suddenly break from... They're still trying to convince you, you know, that this stuff is real. Um, I, f I got the name wrong. It wasn't Eileen Treacle. She was the girl that drowned. The girl that went missing and then was the search party was sent out was Robin Weaver. Robin Weaver. That's the one. That's the one. Mm. Um, yeah, and our story's pretty long and it's fine. Um, and then there's one more afterwards, which is not great, to be honest, about these Wiccans who come and try and sort of get the get the witch out of this house and, and then they get murdered by all the townspeople and, and then yeah the one that's in color from the guy who did walking dead that one's actually pretty good it came out just before the second movie it's about a guy named davy who was friends with dale and rustin parr sorry that's the one about the brothers the other one's just about rustin parr and it shows dale being separated and then put in prison some dark things happen uh we do get to see silhouette of the witch again creeping into the park kids um, but actually some of these weren't as bad as I thought it'd be I thought it'd be real trash um, there hasn't been one since 2000 so those six issues are all then and yeah you can get five of them quite easily in the Blair Witch Chronicles if you want to my favourite thing though when researching the comics was a review on Amazon for the graphic novel by Brian Oblivion <laughs> this is what he had to say the comic was exactly as I remember it it had teeth marks on the upper corner but that was no big deal. Four out of five stars. <laughs> <laughs> and no capital letters as well. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Guys, not only though do we get to talk about comics, we get to talk about video games. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. More of my favorite things. But before we get to the video game that you guys are here to talk about, because we've all played some, if not all, of the Blair Witch 2019. You guys have both finished uh, it, right? I finished it. I got through. Don't think I got to it. the part where we're in the cave and I lost my dog. Oh God, I haven't got that far. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there in a sec. Before that, though, October two thousand. So much Blair Witch stuff in the year two thousand. There was more, um, and I remember these because I played them in the year two thousand on PC. Blair Witch Volume One, Volume Two, and Volume Three came out. Uh, weirdly, just a few days from each other in October. <laughs> I don't know why you bring three games out a few days from each other, but there you go. Blair Witch Volume 1, Rust in Par, was made by Terminal Reality, <clears throat> who some people credit all these games to Terminal Reality, and from my research, I don't believe it is. I believe it's different, a developer for each one. Terminal Reality, these are the guys who did Blood Rain, they did Ghostbusters the video game, yes, the I think the good one, mm -hmm. Connect Star Wars, and they also did the bad first person the walking dead survival instinct all right it's set in 1941 
It takes place over four days, centering on a research scientist, Elspeth Doc Holliday, who is dispatched to Burkittsville by a government agency tasked with investigating the paranormal. And do you know what this agency's called, guys? Mm-mm. What? Spook House. <laughs> of course. Damn. Back on video games are really, you know, high, high caliber writing. <laughs> it actually sets the game in the same universe as the developer's other game, Nocturne, which is interesting. So then they can bring in some of the creatures from a previous <laughs> game that they've made. GameSpot gave it 7.1 out of 10. IGN wow. gave it 6.8 out of 10. And it sold 50,000 copies, uh, which is not bad at that time. It was yeah, just it was only this- out on PC? Yes, right. as far as I know. I mean, maybe some other home computer formats, but not not consoles. Um, and it was very much, it was like a third person. It was kind of like, you know, Alone in the Dark. Yeah. was early Alone in the Dark stuff, early Resident Evil, but I believe with 3D backgrounds, quite rudimentary. Um, I remember playing it with my good old friend, Dan Housen. We gave this one a go. He was my PC friend, so he sorted that stuff out. A few days later, though, if you weren't, if that wasn't enough, Blair Witch Volume 2, The Legend what? of Coffin Rock. Which I would love if it was just a Katamari game and you're playing as a oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and all <laughs> these um, all these games are considered canon as well, right? Yeah, I believe so. This is by Human Head Studios who would go on these are these guys are big. They would go on to do Prey, Brink, uh, they would work on Bioshock Infinite and Batman Arkham Origins. Damn. The non rock steady one. Not bad. This not is bad. set even earlier, guys, in the late 19th century when an amnesiac Union soldier awoke in the woods near the infamous Coffin Rock, dubbed Lazarus. He treks deeper <laughs> into the woods after his grandmother has gone missing. You use muskets and swords in this game. This is the one you might see a lot of playthroughs on YouTube because it just looks so weird. There's an image Game's of got- like a stick creature <laughs> chasing oh, <yeah>. him. <laughs> Yes. Uh, it got similar reviews though. GameScot gave it a 6.7 out of 10. IGN gave it a 6.7 out of 10. But it fell from 50,000 copies of the previous game. This one only sold 16,000. But I would argue maybe you don't bring your fucking game out three days later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? If it's not working, keep going. <laughs> three or four days later, <laughs> Blair Witch Volume 3, The Ellie Kedwood Tale came out. This is by Ritual Entertainment who did Legacy of Kane Defiance, not the main one. They did some Counter-Strike with Condition Zero. This one's set in 1785 <laughs> as you play Jonathan Pry, a former priest who left the clergy due to a crisis of faith and became a witch hunter. <laughs> Classic. He's called to investigate the events related to the disappearance of Ellie Kedwood. In this one, she was tied to a wheelbarrow and dragged into the woods to freeze to death but then disappeared. Everyone has left Burkittsville except for a handful of people, which is very fortunate because games can't render multiple people on screen at one time in those days. <laughs> nice. It involves zombies. It also involves the legend of the Hesitomics. I don't know how you say it. Which is an evil spirit once worshipped by the natives before white settlers arrived, angered that he's no longer revered. Hesitomics plans to destroy the human race and conquer the world wow wow is that canon <laughs> it's canon? canon no it's not i mean it's hard to disprove it maybe Blair Witch, the 2016 is all about his side mix it also includes a witch who if you exercise there's multiple endings and if you exercise her at the end of the movie she tries to tempt you to run off into a romantic relationship done that's the ending i would have picked like, no my faith is resumed 
I'm going to the clergy again. Uh, this was another step down in quality. GameSpot gave it 4 out of 10. IGN still gave it 6.8 out of 10. It sold 8,000 copies, basically. Wow. They're still out there. And that was it for a long time until 19 years later. This very year that we're recording this podcast, Blair Witch came out last month by Bluebird Team. These guys, Alex, I didn't know who this team was. And now that I've read what they made before, Blair Witch, the video game, makes sense to me. They did the two Layers of Fear games. Ah, uh, okay. And they did Observer. Oh, which is that? Oh, wait. Which one's Observer? Oh, yeah. The, Not Observation. Uh, that's a space one. Uh, okay. Observer's the one with. I believe that's the one with what's his face from Blade Runner. Right. I haven't played it. It's it's like first person, looks really pretty, but slightly janky, sort of investigation thing with Rutger Hauer. That's it, that's who it is. Um uh, definitely worth checking out. It got a nine out of ten from GameSpot. I've been talking for a long time. GameSpot gave Blowish <laughs> five out of ten. IGN gave it eight point eight out of ten. You guys, tell me your thoughts on this video game. I I liked it. I really, I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, so just to be clear, how, how many video games do you really play video games nowadays? No. The last video game like I properly played, I played Tetris a lot on my phone. The last video game I like properly played, I think was either Knights of the Old Republic or Fable 3. It was something like way, way back. Good choices. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've been playing video when games. When you're playing great games like that, why would you stop playing games? Hmm? When you're playing great, I mean, those are those are classic video games. Why would you? I think stop? I just kept getting grounded, so then I just like kept getting <laughs> my like console taken away, and then I kind of forgot. And then my my uncle might have taken it to Northern California, and then I just kind of fell off. But I'm actually looking into getting a new a new video game console to play uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. So. I might be back Ooh, on the video coming game Coming out train. soon. Yeah, but I really enjoy. I was scared. I was actually really, really scared. I wasn't having fun at the beginning. Also, I couldn't get past, like, I didn't know how to use a control, so it took a long time to get past, honestly, the police cars in the beginning when you're trying to open the trunk. <laughs> but once I got the hang of it, it was really, like, the woods were beautiful. The woods were so beautiful and, like, so detailed. See, so we should... Hmm? We should say this This game, the biggest surprise to me when I first turned it on was this game takes place after the events of mm-hmm. the first film, but before the first film comes out. So it's like, it's, it's, I didn't expect that at all for it to be like buried right in there before the public really is aware of the Blowage project. Mm-hmm. Alex. And there's like, a, there's, there's like a brief mention of it, isn't there? Like they mentioned three kids that went missing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mentioned it at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I got maybe like just over an hour in. I was very scared. I mean, Layers of Fear was really cool and it still scared me and I didn't finish that. Yeah, I had Bethany, my wife, sit with me and watch and I I filmed it and recorded it, but um, I did it in the dark and it was the first time I did anything like that. So, I couldn't use any of the footage to share with our listeners. But I did get a cool little gif out of one moment where we were both uh jumped in fright which i think i sent to you guys mm-hmm. you did it's public isn't it you can now find that gif on yeah yeah it's public it's yeah there you go. yeah really enjoyed it really enjoyed the the atmosphere that it created the the beginning bit when he's talking to his wife and the sheriff in the woods all felt very pleasant and reminded me of firewatch and i was like there's no there's gonna be no threats it's it's gonna be all good and but yeah i very much got a sense the thing that I enjoyed about it was that I felt that I was 
thrust into the original movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, even though, even though you're in, you're very directed in where you go. There were moments at the beginning where I was convinced that I, when Bethany and I were like, "Oh, we already came this way. I think we're looping around in a circle," and suddenly the the sort of sense and the t- the tension of being disorientated built very quickly, which I appreciated. When the dog, when we were in the dark and the dog suddenly had its tail between its legs and was afraid to walk in one I direction. I that. Just, I hated it as well. It just scared me. And then I like did the night vision. And I'm like looking around. And, oh, I hated it. It was very, very effective. And then it gets to a point in the game. And this is as far as I got where it, I, and we spoke about this in a, in one of the other podcasts we did um, uh, recently where we talked about this game as well, um, where it feels very Alan Wake-ish. Um, as far as like how you combat the threats, um, that was in the scary. World. I couldn't figure out how to get the threats, how to get rid of them. So I kept dying. Yeah, I was also really good to my dog. Like I feel really proud. Like even when I was stressed out that my dog would leave me, I was I was really good to him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> does, like every time the dog came like back, I was like I would give him a treat yeah. or like pat him and yeah. My, my yeah, I, I, I enjoyed what I played. Will I go back and finish it? I don't know. Well, okay, so yeah, could we should say for people who don't play many video games or don't understand, yeah, it's a first person game. It sort of starts like what people call walking simulators nowadays, whether lovingly or disparagingly. Um, which yeah, like Firewatch, like you're saying, which is a very peaceful, beautiful game where you you're just walking through the mountains and you're um, what's the word when you're one of those god damn it. <laughs> what's the word when you are like doing a park the ranger? Firewatch. He's like a park, park ranger. Yeah. All words have disappeared from me yeah. today. Very jet lagged, I apologize. Yeah, and it starts in that kind of way. Like, you used to be a policeman. You are now helping out with the search for this kid who's gone missing. You seem... You've definitely got, like, a broken relationship with your wife, I think it is. Yeah. And it's very involved. I was really surprised. Yeah, the fidelity of the graphics. The wood looks beautiful. The atmosphere's cool. The voice acting's good enough. It's not amazing, but it's fine. But I love the little details. Like, yeah, the stuff with your dog is cool. The way you can go into your old Nokia phone from that era. Like, that's very accurate. And you could change all of your backgrounds. You could change the music dials. You can just ring people up, check your messages, like play video games in the phone. And that's exactly the games that you were playing in your phone in that time. That really took me back. And I thought that was such a lovely attention to detail. Then, yeah, they bring it. I'm, we're not going to do spoilers. Like I'm going to talk a little bit because maybe you two, one of you will finish it. I don't know. Um, anyone listening, they might be encouraged to go play it. But I will I talk a little broadly about it. for me. So I know. I think I know. Okay. Well, I'm not going to. How did you have this spoiled? My friend was coming. She helped me, was like helping me play it because I couldn't figure out the clue. So we were like tag teaming it, trying to like get through it. And then her boyfriend, um, he's a big video game player. He watched the entirety of the walkthrough and she told me how it ended. Oh, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> I won't. Don't I won't. Say, don't say anything. There are multiple endings as well. And I love I loved the generation now who just watch the walkthroughs rather than play the games. <laughs> it's... The, yeah so they do bring in antagonists that you have to have enemies and like alex says there's an alan wake way to deal with my problem was because i played alan wake in a lot of video games i didn't have any fear of them like it was very much immediately okay you do this and you do this and you do this and you do that this amount of times and then you're fine you know i'm happy they didn't show that much more of them which they don't they don't make it a big deal later on but it's definitely some parts from like this was very video gamey without using this it goes for a slump at one point um, but it's quite it's quite short. Like I played for it in two or three settings, mm-hmm. really. Uh, but it was, you know, fairly lengthy. 
I would say it's worth playing it though. Like the ending is both annoying and also very cool. Like it goes, it definitely does some weird stuff. Like you really delve into his history. It mixes stuff up. Like at the beginning of the game, there's a lot of stuff, just very simple, but very effective programming where you're like walking in one direction and then suddenly you've looped back to where you were mm-hmm. and you don't know how that happened. And you can like, they use a lot of interesting coverage to make it happen. It gets more insane the further you get to the end. There's some, but yeah, you have this like video camera that you're using obviously to to change time um, by looking at these tapes. And I both, you know, again, it's very video gamey, but it's, it's genuinely quite effective. And then they do some stuff. They kind of ditch that and do some other stuff later. That's that's actually quite cool while also, yes, being a little, a little annoying. But yeah, it's short enough and weird enough that I definitely think it's worth playing if people like Blowitch. It, the dog for me though was a bit of a problem because the dog made it less scary because you've always got well most of the time you have a companion with you it was scarier um, for me with the dog because i was concerned about something happening to my dog <laughs> like i was like oh no this is a problem i wasn't because i could just see the programming of him of like okay he's gonna lead me to this when i meant like he's basically like the arrow on my map which they don't want me to have and and he would always warn you of anything bad that's happening which it's effective as a game mechanic, but made it less unsettling mm-hmm. for me. Like just being lost in the woods alone for me would make it. Plus, you can ring people a lot in that game. <laughs> yeah, and at no point you ring up your your ex wife or girlfriend, or whatever, quite a lot, and it's interesting how they delve into stuff. But <laughs> you you never just like you go oh things are getting crazy out here is basically what he says most of the time. You're never like it's fucking insane. I just yeah. traveled through time like geography doesn't exist anymore and there's a whole section of the game that's basically kind of like pt and it's just it's craziness um and not very realistic in how he's approaching it but but i think it's, i think it's a good game i would give it a seven out of ten Ooh. i think if you blow which fan definitely people yeah. should check it out and I hope they do more. That's a Lionsgate, a uh, new division of Lionsgate making video games. And I hope it sells well enough they can do more because I'd love to see these kind of short but glossy experiences mm-hmm. of films, particularly horror films, that you, I wouldn't normally expect to get. Normally this stuff would be trash and it's definitely not trash. Yeah. Right. Guys, we're going to get to our list. We've just got three things that we're going to talk about um, in that list. <clears throat> but before we do, very mm-hmm. quickly... The yes. thing that Alex likes most in the wrap-ups. It's time for the Blow Witch quiz. I'm yeah. ready. This is purely for Alex. I, I was like, I was tired, I was jet-lagged. I thought, you know what? Now, I'll, I admit, I took most of these from a couple of quizzes online that were pretty... I just, like, pilfered their best oh, questions. No, I'm, I'm a little um, behind on all my Blair Witch facts. Well, I'm, I'm also going to reveal to you here, uh, make it extra easy. This is all concerning the first film, Okay. Because there was very little interesting about the other films that anybody <laughs> had ever done quizzes about. Okay, okay. As is customary, we're going to start easy and we're going to get harder. There are 10 questions. Heaven, you get a point for each one you get right. Do either of you have paper and a pen or a phone? I have a phone you? me. Yep, I've got my phone. Okay, just for me, so I know you're not cheating, I want you to write down your answer and then when you give it, read it out loud for the audience okay. to hear. Okay. And you'll hold it up so so the rest of us can see. Oh, All right. No. Get, here's the question number one. We're going to start easy, get harder. Mm. Number one, don't say it out loud, write it down. In what state is the Blair Witch Project set? In what state is the Blair Witch Project set? And then I show it to the screen now. Set. Or, 
Yep. So, uh, Heaven, you go first. And Maryland. Alex. Maryland. Congratulations. You're both correct. One point each. Easy beginning. Just, just doing your stretches. Question number two. In her... This is a trickier one. We're, we're, we're taking a quick hard U-turn. In her home, at the beginning of the film, what is the first book that Heather shows to the camera? And I would take something that's just, you know, if you can explain it, you don't have to get a title exactly right. But what is the first book that Heather shows to the camera as they're preparing to head off? <laughs> or it could be one of two things. Uh, I have Heaven's writing down Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Alex is Alex needs another moment. He feels like he might know it. Heaven, not okay. convincing. Okay. All right, Alex, let's have you go first. Her diary, her journal from Alex. Heaven? Intro to filmmaking. <laughs> like a textbook. I, will, I would say Heaven's more along the right lines, I'm afraid, but neither of you got it right. It's called How to Stay Alive in the Woods. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Close. Question number three. Okay. Question number three. How many children overall... Did Rustin Parr kill? How many children overall did Rustin Parr kill? Fuck. I feel like this must be a trick question. This is a trick question. Some things are a trick, some things aren't. Okay, I got an answer. I also have an answer. Heaven? Zero. Oh, good trick. Flipped answer. You could be correct. Alex? Seven. It is... Seven. Alex gets the point, but I do want to applaud Heaven. I'm so mad. I had seven written down ever first. Since Blair Witch. Who knows if anything really happened? Whatever. I don't care. Anymore. That was a good answer. I give up. Thinking. I don't want to play. Question number four. In the 1980s, Robin Weaver came out of the woods talking about an old lady. We're just talking about her in the comic book. 1880s. Oh, sorry. 1880s. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> One point for Alex. <laughs> yeah. She came out of the woods talking about an old lady. What strange characteristic did she describe about the old lady? Done. What strange characteristic? And this is definitely a callback to one of the podcasts where we talked about it. Heaven's got her answer locked. Mm-hmm. Alex is being pensive. I'm ready. All right, Alex, you go first. Read it out for us. Half animal, half beast-like, with hair all over her body. Interesting. Heaven. Um, oh, she looks on the short No, now. I'm sh- floating off the ground. Oh, that's correct. The point is going to heaven. Her feet never touched the ground. The half animal is was someone else's description. Robin Weaver. So, in the comic, Robin Weaver's told to say this by the witch herself. Yeah, Question make me sound five. cooler. Say that I was floating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it literally is. She's like, what will I say? She's like, don't worry, I'll tell you. Question number five. What does Mary Brown say the Blair Witch looked like? <laughs> <laughs> President Trump. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, Evan, you can go Old. first. Old. <laughs> Old. You terrible young person. <laughs> she that. It'll happen to you one day, and I look forward to being around. <laughs> uh, Alex, what is your answer? Is it a copy and paste by any chance? Half human, half beast-like, <laughs> with hair all over her body. That is absolutely <laughs> correct. A hairy half-animal 
is how Mary Brown describes oh, interesting. the witch. She may also have used the word old. You will not get a point. <laughs> Question number six. What is a can? Or however you say it. C-A-I-R-N. C- what is a can? can cane. Karen. C-A-I-R-N. What is it? Comes up a few times. Okay. okay. Alex is ready. Heaven's ready. Who went first last time? Uh, Heaven did. Alex, read it out. Uh, pile of rocks in burial formation. Heaven? Filmmaking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Filmmaking stuff. It is piles of rocks marking a burial spot or a landmark. Another point for Alex. Alex is in the lead with four to Mm. two. Everything to play for. And guys, for the last question, as is customary, there's a way to make a lot more points. So don't worry. Anything can happen. How exciting. Question number seven. How many questions are there? Ten? Ten. We're getting there. Don't worry. I've got to go eat in a second. Enjoy your victory while it lasts. What occurs... In the original movie, what occurs on night four? Different spooky events happen each of the nights they stay in the woods. But what happens on night four? Heaven's holding her fingers up, doing the math. Alex wiping the slobber from his face in <laughs> anticipation. <laughs> oh, it's dribbling with excitement. <laughs> okay. Just realized how late it's got, how long the podcast is. Already pushed my dinner reservations once. Not going to do it again. <laughs> All right. Josh uh, goes heaven- missing. Josh goes missing. Alex. Josh disappears. I'm afraid you're both incorrect. Night four is children crying, hands on tent. Oh, shit. Damn. And Whew, swift evacuation of tent. <laughs> <laughs> My personal favorite, night. Question number eight. Gave me chills. What does Mike, what does Mike try to eat on the second to last day? I have it. She's got it. Heaven knows. She's been there. Mm-hmm. She probably has, actually. I could totally imagine. Did you not try you it when it. you were young? Jeez. I mean, mm-hmm. only once. Alex is looking off into the distance. I happen to know the view he has is beautiful. If you're ever in his home, please appreciate yes. it before you reveal to him that you are in his home. Okay. I think I've, you know. Okay. I'm not really sure with this one. I can't remember. Whoever's first. Uh, well, let's have Alex go first then. Leaves? Leaves from Alex? Leaves. You're both correct. Dry leaves. Well done. Alex didn't look sure, but you knew it, buddy. You knew it. And a little bit of beautiful info. I also just figured out how to see both of you at the (laughs) same time right now. Excellent. Excellent. Glad we're technology's our friend. Uh, Both you and I have accidentally in this episode broken the illusion that we're recording in the same room. Which I realized earlier I said something. I was oh, like, oh, we sorry. Pretend. We are. No, we are. We're absolutely. We just like to look at each other through TVs while in the same room. We're in the same room, but at different times. Blair Witch. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right. Last yes. two questions. Are you ready? Heaven's on three. Alex is on five. You can still I'm win going it, to, Heaven. Maybe. Probably. Oh, wow. That just really U turned. Question number nine. Which actor's parents from the original film was sent sympathy cards after the release? Oh. Which actor's parents from the original film 
was sent sympathy cards because they thought the actor was actually dead. I think I have it. I would thought all of them, but apparently only one. All right. Mike. Heaven. Mikey boy. Heather Donahue's parents. It was ah! Heather Donahue's parents. Incredible. Alex steams ahead with six points to three, but guess what? This is where it all comes down to the wire, Heaven. Yeah. Because this is the question number 10. Oh, if you get it, so this is going to be a difficult one. And if you get the exact number, you will get five points, which will put you into the winning position. One point for the person who's closest. Yes. Are you ready? Okay. How many times is the word fuck said in the film The Blair Witch Project? I have it. Person who's closest, one point. If you get it within five, I will give you five I have it. My heart told me. Well, no, she didn't even have to think about it. Didn't even have to think no. about it. You wait. Alex does not have it. He's currently conferring with his nipple. Alex is a source of powers, much like Chandler Bing. His third nubbin. <laughs> oh, he's counting them. Alex is replaying the film in his head. I can see word it. Word for word. Do they say the word fuck in the film? How many times? Oh, he thinks it might be a trick question. Has he outsmarted? Mm-mm. Or has he fallen for the oldest trick in the book? The double, double lie. I know. <laughs> My gut is telling me. Ellie is telling me. She's whispering to me. Heaven, don't let me, don't let me All right. put pressure on you. But if you're within five of the real answer, you are going to I win am. this. All right. Ready. One point isn't going to be enough. Alex, what do you reckon? I've gone for the double, double lie. And I've said zero. Zero from Alex. He is fucking doubling down. Heaven, who the witch has talked to her through the ruins that are betwixt things. Uh, what? Mm, 17. <laughs> Do you see it? I can't see it. What? Oh, there it 17. is. 17 times. 17 times. Heaven gets one point because she is closer than Alex. I'm afraid it wasn't a double-double bluff. However, you do not get five points, Heaven. Because the real amount of times the fuck is said in the film Blair Witch Project is 154. <gasps> oh, <laughs> really? Damn. I mean, I haven't gone back and checked, but this is what a quiz online told me. And I thought that's a humdinger. We have to go out on that one. I love it. Points. All right. Um, Heaven, Noble and four points. Alex, though, six points. Congratulations, sir. And now the quiz that you have taken the medals on its way. We just need to get it engraved first. Onto a twig, of course. All right, guys, I really do have to go because oh, I'm already late. Oh, <laughs> um, sorry. But before we get out of here, we're going to do best lead character, worst lead character, and best spooky moment. And then we're going to put the goddamn movies in order. Let's do it. Best lead character, guys. There's actually quite a lot to choose from because these are all pretty much ensembles. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say Heather Donahue. Mm-hmm. I think... Her performance is really incredible and sadly for her, I think people couldn't detach Heather Donahue, the actress, from the character that she portrayed, which is a real shame, especially when you hear stories from her. But, you know, when you think of iconic scenes from this whole franchise, there's nothing more iconic in pop culture than the close-up scene where she's kind of apologizing at the end. Yeah, hands down. It's the best. I'd have to say the same. Heather Donahue. She was, I think, the most like human and I really liked. Yeah, that's such an iconic scene. And I just, Heather, I don't, I think Alex said it really perfectly the way I also feel why she is my favorite. 
So I, mean, I completely get what you guys are saying and I agree with you, but it's really hard. Could I actually like, I mean, I like all three of the originals and I, and I don't hate most of the other characters to be honest, but obviously the, I don't have the same relationship with them. For me, it's just going to be Josh. Mm. I think just by hair. Like Josh is the one I have a lot yeah. of fondness and Four four Corners of Fear kind of cemented a lot of that fondness for me with Josh. I don't know. There's something about him that's very affable. Mike, I don't like much in the Blair Witch Project, but I really like him mm-hmm. in Four Corners of Fear. Yeah, another shout out has to go to Rustin Parr in <laughs> Curse of the Blair Witch. Oh, yes. That's one creepy motherfucker. That scene is so fucking good. The one I actually want to see more of is Talia, played by Valerie Curry in the Blair, in Blair Witch 2016, who's the the sort of friend of Darknet bro. Oh, yeah. Right, yep. Who gets I think snapped. she's actually really good, and I would have liked to have seen more of her. Snaps for her. And I, Because she's snapped. I'd like to pretend it's not just because I think she's very cute. Snaps for her. Maybe just her and the redhead from Book of Shadows. <laughs> yes, the two of them. would be great. That's heaven's yeah, That's my baby. Shout yeah. out. Hope you're listening. Well, if you can if you can arrange that, that'd be great. <laughs> Worst lead character. I'm going to go first with this one because uh-huh. uh, it's pretty easy for me. And it's going to surprise people because it's not from Blair Witch 2. Because here's the thing. Everyone in Blair Witch 2 is like, really thought about it. I was like, obviously the worst characters to come from there because it is the worst film. Mm. But I was like, no, I don't mm-hmm. hate any of them. They all exist in the same stupid sort of level, <laughs> you know, where it's like, well, they're all clearly useless and kind of annoying. But the whole film is useless and kind of annoying. So no one really like ruins things for me. The person who does ruin things for me is fucking Lane, played by Wes Robinson in Blair Witch, who is Darknet guy himself. He's too wow. over the top for me. He annoys me. And when he comes back at the end with his fucking stupid mm-hmm. beard and makeup to look dirty like he's an older, it's ridiculous. And he kind of ruined, he punctuates, sorry, perforates the ending of that movie and lets some of the air out of the tension. Uh, so he's the one that I would happily get rid of. Interesting. Did not expect that. Um, I would have to say the brother, Heather's brother in 2016, because it's just so much fault, failed logic. I'm like, really? Just, I mean, I talked about this in our 2016 podcast about how I had a lot of gripes with the lack of like technological like awareness that these characters I felt like exhibited. Um, and I'm just like, your sister's been gone for 20 years. Like, what do you think you're going to go find in this forest? Bring all of your friends. Yeah, I just, he was my least favorite lead. I can agree with that. Can I just say the ensemble of Book of Shadows? Yeah. <laughs> you want everyone? <laughs> Not everybody. You got to pick one. It's either between the husband or the wife. <laughs> I'm going to pick the oh, wife. Oh, yeah. The wife, yeah, when she oh, does yeah. that, like, oh, monologue bit, oh. when she does that weird, like, spinny thing oh, and laugh. Yeah. Like, Wait, I want to change my answer. <laughs> this is the thing, though, you say that. You, this is the thing, you say that, and I agree with you, but I have also have a little bit of joy in me. <laughs> Just remembering <laughs> yeah. how stupid it's, that moment is. It's so dumb, but it's a, it's a joy to watch, but boy, is it bad. I want to change my answer to be the husband. I'm like, dude, your wife literally just had a miscarriage, <laughs> and you're bringing her back to the wood warehouse. Yeah. And he cheated on That's her. True. And then making out with old redhead, your ex-girlfriend. Who hasn't? Oh, sorry. I, I am. Uh, what, though, guys, in, in a series full of spookies, what was your most spooky moment? Or, you know, if, you, if there's an obvious one, then you can go for your runner-up if you like. For me, it's the moment that I always go back to when I think of the Blair Witch Project, and I just love it so much, is when they come tearing out of the tent and they're running mm-hmm. and Heather says, what the fuck is that? And the camera pans 
and just for a long time just always wondering is there something there isn't there trying to watch it back see if there there is a glimpse of anything yeah i'm obsessed with that moment i love it so much I love it. I've actually got the exact night four. Yep, the yeah. hands and then them running out on that scream. I feel it's diffused afterwards because they just wait outside in, in mm. until daybreak. So so it doesn't follow through. And obviously the ending of the Blue Witch Project really gets under my skin in an ugly, nasty kind of way, which I think the genius is still like the swapping. Mm-hmm. Well, the accidental swapping we found out now because they didn't have it, but of the audio, like that yeah. makes it really terrifying but yeah that moment with the hands and then the running out is it that's a true like what the fuck because you've been waiting yeah. so long and then something physical does actually happen and it's the only time fit something physical does happen on camera i'd have to say the same yep. thing night four as scary as 2016 was i mean <laughs> night you were come on that and that and actually no wait wait, wait you're right i was i was not having a good time night four really messed me up but if we're being like yeah if i have to be honest with myself and put the mirror up yeah, the entirety of 2016. You got to. You can't look at all it. of it. All of it was scary. I think I didn't watch most of it because I was scared. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I wish I could say night four and leave this with good taste. But 2016 ending got me. 2016 twigs got me. The first five minutes got me. <laughs> 2016. The aliens. aliens. Four corners of fear. Just kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> the... um. Short list, I'm afraid, this this wrap-up, but there you go. But how do we actually place these fucking films in order, which is a weird thing to do? I found it pretty easy, to Yeah, be I've never been more certain going into a franchise. <laughs> Wonderful. I wonder if we all have the exact same, but maybe not. Let's find out. Alex, from the bottom up, as should always be the case. From the bottom <laughs> up. Can you please present your list in the way that Michael Bay presents every female in <laughs> From the bottom up. Okay, here I go. Coming in last is Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. <laughs> Oh, we yeah. don't have we don't have the same list. It's fun. It's fun to watch with a group of people. Yeah, but if you're invested in in the the franchise and the mythology and you really dig all that sort of stuff, you're not going to get much from this film. And also, yeah, it's just not a good horror film. Right? We spoke about <laughs> it in the podcast. Like all the setups and the scares are really poor. Like they just don't deliver. So yeah, coming in next is Four Corners of Fear. I can appre- I can appreciate um, the. Oh, wait, are you including the black books in this? Yeah, are we doing that as one thing or individually? Well, yeah, sure, do them as one. It's however you want. Interesting. Okay. Continue. Uh, Four Corners of Fear. Yeah, this. I I appreciate the the sort of tongue in cheek nature of this. I appreciate how that you didn't tell us what it was, and I kind of had to get a few minutes in and be like, huh. Oh, they're joking. But the joke does drag on a little bit. But I, I, I like the kind of insight it gives into sort of maybe the process of making it and how they sort of joke about that. And the whole idea of the, the alien at the end is makes me wonder, yeah, like was that a potential idea that had been bubbling for the creators or was this just like a at this stage because maybe it had circulated around the internet. They were like, oh, cool, let's just play with that kind of fan theory. So anyway, it's it's fun. And it's nice to see Josh and Mike enjoying themselves, especially after watching the interview with them and particularly Mike saying how traumatic the whole process was off the back end of that. Uh, next would be Shadow of the Blair Witch. Yeah, that documentary was awful. I mean, again, I liked the idea of them talking about them creating 
an adaptation of these real life events and having the split kind of thing in this documentary, but there was it doesn't pay off in the actual film. It's just awful. Uh, next up would be Burkittsville 7. I appreciated that it felt like a continuation of Curse of Blair Witch. They brought back some of the same characters. Love the old historian guy. I loved the guy that was kind of into film and serial killers in a weird, creepy way. And the Kyle Brody angle was interesting, but again, there was no payoff for that. It's never kind of revisited in anything. Next would be uh, Blair Witch 2016. This film really surprised me. Um, watching it a second time, again, I can't emphasize how much I I feel it fails because of its glossiness and its glossy casting. But I appreciate the bold direction it goes in and I appreciate some of the tricks that are put in this film. I do like when the tent goes flying up into the air. That's pretty fucking oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and the ending, yeah, there's some bits in the ending that are really cool and, and quite terrifying. Uh, next would be Curse of Blair Witch. I just am so impressed with the the variety and the detail in this film. And without this, you know, and building the hype of, like, this is so significant in its place of how it built the hype that this whole thing was real. Yeah. And I love it. I really love it. I think it's just so detailed and so, like, just so technical in how they shifted between the different kind of footage they used and... The characters are incredibly believable. Yeah, it's wonderful. I think I think if you're going to watch the Blair Witch Project, I encourage mm-hmm. anyone, everyone, to watch this first. And yeah, number one by a mile, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, there's not much more I can say about this film, but it's incredibly important to me. I love this film. I still love it. Yeah, that's my list, guys. Interesting. Some some yeah. All right. Um, my bottom of the barrel would have to be the. Book of Shadows documentary. Blair Witch Book Shadows documentary. Shadow yeah, of the Shadow Blair Witch, Blair yeah. Shadow of the Blair Witch. Then right. followed by uh, Blair Witch 2. Above that is Burkittsville 7. Above that, Four Corners of Fear. And then 2016 mm-hmm. coming in third. Second, Curse of Blair Witch. Number one is Blair Witch. Copy. And paste. That's the exact <laughs> yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah, Shadow to Blair Witch for me is just kind of pointless. Blair Witch 2, I can get fun out of. Uh is full seven. I do think it was well made, but mm-hmm. it was the again, kind of pointless. Uh Four Corners of Fear, I enjoyed that. But yeah, like you like we've spoken about, it's got its flaws and it drags on too long, but fun experiment. Blair Witch, I would love to put it at number two, but it does have things in it that really mm-hmm. annoy me and you can listen to our podcast to learn them. Curse of Blair Witch number two, for all the reasons Alex said, and yeah, the Blair Witch Project by by a mile. To be clear, though, Shadow of Blair Witch and the book is for seven, even though I appreciate how it's made. They're the only two I wouldn't rewatch. I would rewatch anything mm-hmm. else here um, quite happily at some point in the future, <clears throat> and I'm sure I will. And that is quite a treat, you know. That's you know five out of the seven things that I will happily revisit in the future. And yeah, at the moment, there's no more word on what's going on, even though Blowitch did okay, but critically, it didn't do great. Obviously, audiences didn't seem to love it. Who knows if they're going to reboot this, what they're going to do. I'm rebooting do, it. We're all in blood packs now. Blair um, Pear. <laughs> Blair Pear. <laughs> Just everyone could look forward to that in 2050. Yeah, we should say the word. Hmm? There is a parody called The Blair no, Thumb that people should check out, out, which came out after the original came out. And it's oh. fucking crazy. Is it The Blair Toe Thumb? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't stop me. 
Don't stop me. Yes, we uh, we will be back, Kevin. I don't know if you know this, but when you do a series with with the Geeks, that means you're now in this. So yeah. whatever they do, it's if a there's a sequel, a, reboot, it's a blood pack, whatever. I don't care if you're living on the other side of the world. We're recording a podcast and thank you. Them. I'm honored. Oh God, I'm in so many blood packs. I'm honored. <laughs> I don't care if you're in a Wiccan covent in the middle of a wood somewhere yeah. trying to get your ruins <laughs> removed from your body. I'm trying to get back with my boo. You got, can you, you just go and say, can you reverse to Wiccan me, please? Sorry, you need to put the Wiccan symbols back on. <laughs> guys, I, don't, I was. this was a weird one to do. I had a, a really a great time doing it with you guys. I appreciate yeah. It was Alex, a blast. It's been a dream for me to get to cover Blue Witch with you. I'm happy we finally did it. Heaven. It's been a pleasure having you for the first time on a Weird Geek Show. Hopefully, maybe you'll do one yeah. again in the future. Call me okay. in whenever. And thank you for allowing me mm-hmm. on and introduce me to Blair Witch. And I keep talking about Blair Witch when I'm like kind of tipsy at parties because I know so much about it now. And that's what my friends <laughs> like. Yeah. Your name, Ellie Kindwood. Like, I really be like, hey, did you know how they produce? Like, hey, you know, want to hear about the backstory? It's like, what happened during the Blair Witch like documentary? Like, do you want to hear? And everyone's <laughs> like, no, we don't want to hear again. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, you need new friends. Um, so welcome <laughs> to your thank nerd you. club. And obviously, you, as we all know, you've replaced Christina Maston in a I saw her yesterday. Lines. When we do the Star Wars podcast, we'll, we'll get you on. I heard you went to the mm-hmm. same restaurant or something. Thank you. Congratulations. You are literally taking over <laughs> her life. R.I.P. Christina. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's where normally I'm going to tell, uh, reveal what we're starting next Friday. I'm going to be honest, we've got some real last minute things up in the air. We're meant to be doing Piranha, the five episode show to take a little break. Uh, I want some monster movies, less to talk about, less trivia, to be honest. There's some blood, there's some boobs, and there's some fun. So why the hell not? And it might be me, Katie, and Ali doing that. That might be what we end up doing. However, we have a big project coming up that's going to take us into the new year. And... I'd need to start that fairly soon. So we might actually change into a three episode thing. And we were thinking of doing the Firefly family, which is Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, and then his just released Three from Hell, which would be that trilogy uh, because it's yeah something new that people want to hear. However, Sid did just pass away. So yeah, one of the lead actors from those films just died a few days ago. It's been a quite big deal for the horror community. So I'm not sure if it's the right time for us to be tearing apart some of his films, but also <laughs> celebrating them. I've reached out to a few of my friends who actually knew him to ask, and they were like, yeah, now's the right time to talk about it. But I don't know. So we're figuring it out. Next week will be a bit of a surprise. I apologize. Uh, but it will probably be, yeah, either Prana or that. Anyway, please do check us out. Um, please do go to weirdgeeks.com and subscribe and rate to us. Uh, rate for us. If there's a buzz going in the background, it's because I really do have to go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you can also follow me on everything on the social medias as Mr. Al White and also on the Xbox if you want to play some of them video games, PlayStation, all of that fun stuff. And please do, if you can't be bothered, take the time to check out our first feature film, Starfish. Uh, Alex, where can people talk about you? Yeah, follow me at uh, on Twitter or Instagram at Alexander Chard, C-H-A-R-D. Heaven. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Heaven period Devera. That's it. Yeah. That is it. What guys, a pleasure, guys. So what it was a pleasure. Fun. Uh, people should check out our um, our video game and TIFF conversation we did last week where I also get into some spoilers about Joker at the end of it. Plenty of warning. Until next Friday, we're out. Oh, Alex, you've completed your trilogy streak, by the way. Well done. Well done. Thank you. you three series Thank in a you. row. I don't think anyone's done it before.
very proud of you. You have a well-deserved break on your laurels. We'll get back to you soon. Yep. Until Thank next you. Friday. I'll catch up uh, with you listeners soon. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.